Welcome to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and practice leaders, hosted by Cheryl Toth and Mike Sakopoulos, and produced by Green Branch Publishing. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Cheryl Toth, and ho, ho, over there in the virtual studio is the one, the only, Michael J. Sakopoulos, and this is the Sound Practice Podcast. Hey, Mary Ho-Ho. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Mike, can you believe it's December already? Where did the year go? I have no idea, but December has definitely descended upon us. Here we are, holiday season. Holiday season. I mean, I swear it was just the 4th of July, and here we are already planning for the holidays, and we're in between Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. Um, and, you know, now that this holiday season is upon us, that means one thing. Santa coming to town? <laughs> yes, of course, he is coming to town. But it also means parties. And I'll bet yeah, I love parties. Celebrating is a good thing, is what I think. I celebrate a lot of things. And Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, I'll bet a lot of our listeners are planning their annual holiday fets about now for their practices. And even though a lot of them look forward to this time of year and planning that party, I think this year there's such a heightened sense of awareness. And with the Me Too movement and all those things, we thought a short episode on this topic would be a helpful planning tool. So this is a bonus episode. If you will, Mike, it's our gift to our listeners, right? There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to give, give a gift of safety. Yes, yes, yes. And Mike, we're going to enlist your help and you're going to play the lawyer card in this episode and give us some guidance. How's that? I'll try not to be too, uh, too, too grinchy and try to come up with uh, good fun ideas. Uh, ones that prevent you from uh, ending up in a court of law. Good. Well, that's, that's always a good goal. Um, but before we get to those, I've got the word of the show. Oh, I'm glad we didn't lose this for our bonus episode. Never. You we know, my favorite part, Tothi. Lay it on me. Okay. Well, actually, today's word is two words because they are so often used together. And those words are, drumroll, frankincense, and myrrh. Okay. Yeah. Um, Nifty. Well, yeah. Holiday, holiday words. And um, with two words, it's a, it's a bonus word for a bonus episode. Very nice. Perfect. All right. Tell well, here's, us about them. Well, here's why I chose them. Because when I was a kid, you know, I'd hear this story about the three wise men bringing gifts. And the gifts were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And of course, I knew what gold was. But frankincense and myrrh, I thought, what are these things? And nobody ever explains it to you when you're a child. I mean, this doesn't no, come No, but you figure, you figure it's got to be... You know, if it's in the category of gold, this has got to be good stuff, right? But yeah. what is it? Valuable things. I mean, the paintings that you would see, the wise men were carrying them in, in ornate boxes. So you figured it had value. Yeah. Um, but I never knew what they were as a kid. And, and it wasn't until later that I really even understood what those things were. So here it is. Frankincense and myrrh. They are both aromatic gum resins, both of which... Mm are prized for their alluring fragrance. And frankincense is a milky white resin extracted from species of the genus Boswellia, which uh, thrives in arid, cool areas of the Arabian Peninsula, East Africa, and India. And it gets really big, like 16 feet tall. Wow, okay. Yeah. And myrrh <clears throat> is a reddish resin that comes from species of the genus Camophora 
And that is native to Northeast Africa and the adjacent areas of the Arabian Peninsula. So this all makes sense, right? Because if these things are coming from that part of the world and that's where uh, the, you know, those stories are. Yes, exactly. So here's what I found interesting is that with frankincense being a milky white resin and myrrh being a reddish resin, white, red, candy cane colors, the episode Swirl together, title. there you go. Yeah, is that, is, is that a candy cane in your pocket? That's the title of our episode. And red and white are colors of the holidays. So, Perfect. yeah, there you go. So now that we've satisfied everyone's unmet childhood curiosity, or at least mine, um, let's just jump right in, Mike, and talk about the risks related to the holiday office party and what practices can do about them. So... Let's just start. I'd really like to hear from hear this from you, Mike. What are the biggest issues that practices should be concerned with when they're planning their parties? What are the risks? Okay, so anytime you have a party, right, it, it's still work related. So think of it as these your people that you're having this party for are still really kind of in the course and scope of their employment because this is an employment related uh, activity. And so you bring along all that with you when you have the have the party. We don't want to make people feel um, un, unwelcome or somehow that you are infringing upon their uh, religious freedoms, all these kind of, of, of things. So we need to be careful, but yet we still want to have a good time, right? It's the holidays and we're trying to, to be uh, build team cohesiveness and, and so forth. So I don't want to be a complete Grinch and say, no parties, bah humbug. But I do want to say, let's be careful because if someone's in your employee and you load them up with alcohol, bad things might happen. So we just need to be careful and come up with some ways to keep the holiday spirit, but in a way that everybody's okay. Because we all know we've seen those cheesy movies and we all have heard the stories of bad things that happened at holiday parties. And while it's funny when it's someone else, it's not so funny when it's you, Tothi. We don't want that for our listeners. No, and I don't want to be known as the one that put the lampshade on my head. And then the next day at work, everybody's, you know, snickering. That wouldn't be good. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't have to wait till the next day with social media anymore, right? These things are going to go be posted immediately. So yeah, you don't want to be the one that is being passed around. Hey, you you raise a good point, Mike, um, with the social media comment. Is there something that listeners need to be concerned about with regard to the social media aspects of the party? I mean, can people be, you know, is that something that we should warn them against? Just don't have your employees be posting, you know, drunken social media posts are never cute. Uh, But is this something to be concerned about for practices? Those kind of posts do not inspire patient confidence, do they? (laughs) Probably not. Out there looking at these things and and seeing what uh, staff does in their quote free time. Uh, not not good. So I guess first advice is maybe we shouldn't be doing something that if documented would be embarrassing. Okay. So let's, let's, let's just try to, uh, to move away because everybody's got cell phones. And if I tell you not to take pictures, it just won't happen. So let's try to um, get to a place where we don't have things to photo document that would be uh, simultaneously hysterical and wildly embarrassing. Well, and so should that... Uh 
Should this change the way that people think about their parties while planning? Like this is a good example. Should there be a tip sheet or, you know, when, when the invitation goes out or when the reminders are, hey, the, poly- the party is, you know, on X day, please don't do this, that or the other? Or, you know, is that advisable? Uh, it, it, it certainly doesn't hurt. I don't know if people think that that's the, uh, the wet blanket it's, on the invitation. Yeah, it's not really very uh, happy. It's not a, doesn't, doesn't bring holiday cheer to mind when you say nor, that, right? Nor does it uh, show that you have a great deal of uh, confidence in uh, people's ability to oh. self-regulate. Yeah, so true. I, look, it doesn't, if somebody wants to do that, that's fine. Our listeners know their, their staff better than, than we do. My general thought is it probably isn't necessary if you structure the the party, um, the FET in the right way. We shouldn't have that kind of behavior, and certainly management should should lead by example. And if that all happens, I don't think that we really need the um, how to behave appropriately at a staff party um, guidelines. Well, issue. that's that's good because that's one thing off the to do list to worry about. So, um, what? So give Wait, us can some we pause of the comments. Mo- can, we, can we just pause a moment there, Tothi, and, yeah. and just appreciate how difficult it is for the compliance guy to say that we don't need a policy or a list? It's not <laughs> easy for me. I'm trying to get in the holiday spirit. All right, let's proceed. Okay. Grinch, Grinch moment over. Bottom. That would that would have been your Grinch moment is like, we need a checklist. Um, all right. So give us some common sense. Here, you can think of this like a checklist, Mike. How's that? Okay. Think oh, of some thank common, you. What are some common sense things? that managers and physicians should be doing as they plan this year's party. All right. So if we have just a standard evening party that involves some music and an open bar, that could be problematic long-term, right? But what if we do a different type of party that gets people involved and is not alcohol-focused? I'm not opposed if somebody wants to have a drink or whatnot, but let's not make that the focus of our party. There are a lot of different types of alternatives that we could we could do, group activities. I think you've worked with some practices, Tothi, that had some, some neat ideas. I've, I've seen people that have taken uh, staff to a holiday music concert as a, you know, out to dinner and then to, to a concert. Now, sure, there's some alcohol that could be involved, but it's not the major focus, and it would be highly unlikely for people to become uh, super intoxicated uh, while while listening to a holiday uh, concert. That's just one one example. What what have you seen with some of your uh, your folks? Well, um, I have a, a practice that did a holiday cookie exchange. That was pretty fun, and they would have their luncheon afterwards. So they do it during the workday, middle of the day, so people aren't going to drink because they had patients in the afternoon. Sure. Um, and everyone would bake cookies, and then they would bring in, they would, they would supply the tin, and people would come and, you know, do their cookie swap, and then they had only to bake one or two types of cookies for their holiday season. And they would do it early enough, or they do do it. I think they still do it. I was invited once or twice. Uh, they do it early enough in the season where people can use those cookies in their own entertaining in their personal life. Um, well, that's kind of so, nice. Yeah. So that's a good, so I, I also want to go back to something you said about not having alcohol be the center. And that might mean that the party isn't at a bar, right? I, that, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking and okay. suggesting. Right. But if you, but if you do have some alcohol, um, what are some things? Cause I think a lot of people, they want to have, you know me, I love bubbles. So maybe there's bubbles to celebrate or I, I did read that some people are doing, going to drink tickets now, or they, the, the suggestion of 
tell me if you think uh, this is a good suggestion, a bartender, professional bartender who can objectively watch for uh, oh, being, people being overserved and won't do that. I mean, I think that's a good idea. I don't know. Drink tickets, maybe if it's a large event, I don't know. I mean, the level of organization there seems to be um, moving a little towards overkill. The, okay. yeah, a little, moving towards the difficult, especially if it's a small to medium size um, uh, practice, but certainly a professional uh, bartender. And then let's think about what happens when we uh, open the door and release our folks onto the uh, streets of the community. Maybe we should be able to provide Uber services or, or, or cabs mm-hmm. to get people home uh, yep. safely. That would be a nice ending to the uh, evening and know that everybody was going to be safely arrive uh, home or at least at someone's home uh, for the night. <laughs> now, now, well, they should go home to their home. Depends on what kind of party it is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, and you, let's talk about a few other options too. Uh, you had mentioned something when we were preparing for this episode. Tell tell the folks about what what's starting to become uh, a trend in your area. That sounds fun for a party. So there, I've I've seen some practices for entertainment as well as uh, team cohesiveness. Uh, do these escape room parties. And I don't know if this is across the country or not. I'm in the Midwest and and they are in a number of cities here where there's a place you can go and and essentially you're locked in a room and you have to find the clues within this space to get out of the room to get the the key or the combination to to be released. And it's kind of a fun group activity. There's nothing, it's Sounds a little scary when I tell people they're being locked up, and uh, but but it's it's all it's all in fun and it's an effort to try to solve a problem as a group in a fun way. So those those are kind of neat. I've also seen people uh, that do cooking classes together, mm-hmm. and they always have fun with that. I don't know if you have that in in your your part of the uh, the country. We have a, a place downtown Tucson that has uh, cooking classes, and they have different events, but you can rent the space. And I was thinking also, just because lately I've been sort of into this, I was recently at a wedding and the night before the the wedding, everybody went bowling because the groom-to-be, it was sort of a family tradition that every, everyone in his family would go bowling the night before the wedding. And I, rem- I was reminded how fun bowling is. And if you haven't been to a bowling alley in recent memory, now all the scoring is done by technology. You don't need to remember how to do it or use those tiny pencils and everything's all lit up with colors and it's really a blast. So you say that like it's a good thing. Oh, I mean, bowling it, scores have to go down when you're not manually filling out the, uh, the sheet. Doing no, the mine went up. I was shocked. I, my third, Did it really? I bowled a 120. I was quite pleased oh, with wow. myself actually. <laughs> um, good, uh, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's safe to say though, we've got a variety of alternative, party types here that you don't have to just do the, hey, let's get together and drink and have some hors d'oeuvres sort of an event. I think that that's, I think that that's right. And you should be able to uh, accomplish what you're after, generate some holiday uh, cheer, make people uh, happy, show that you've appreciated uh, their uh, service to your organization, but yet still keep it on the, um, on the polite uh, side of the spectrum. All right. Any other tips you've got for the listeners today on, on this topic? Well, I think that that general idea of expand your definition of what a holiday party can be mm-hmm. and think about different activities. And if alcohol's involved, make sure that everybody gets home safely because it really is part of their, their 
course and scope of their work holiday parties are. So uh, you don't want any kind of bad things to happen to your people during the holidays, and you certainly don't want them attributable to your practice. Okay. Um, there were a couple other things that I was thinking about too, um, as we sort of move off of the alcohol topic about accessibility um, and making sure that folks uh, and their guests and um, and all the staff have are able to get to the party. Is that something people should be concerned about? I think I think that that's exactly right. And you don't you don't want to have a party or an event that is not accessible to some to everyone of your of your staff, right? Yeah. So and that can happen is we move towards my idea or suggestion of group activities. We just have to be careful, right? If you're going to do something, I mean, God forbid we go repelling for our um, <laughs> our our holiday party, but there may be some people that just uh, physically aren't aren't uh, capable of that. So keep that in mind, uh, guests and uh, employees that are attending. You want to make sure that the activity, as well as the location, is physically accessible to them to everyone. Yeah, right. And discourage the management team and the physicians from too much drinking. Right. Lead oh, by example back, here. Back to uh, to leading by example. That's <laughs> yeah. right. There's uh, there's no rest for the management team, even at the holiday party. All right. Well, um, I think those are some good tips, and uh, we're going to wrap this episode up so that people can get to their party planning activities or their AR management or whatever they're up to today. Um, so thanks for those good pieces of information, Mike. Well, thank you, and I think it's time for us to wish our listeners, Tothi, one, two, three, happy, happy holidays. holidays. There you go. So Mike, that's it for this episode of Sound Practice. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you liked our show, please rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to send us a topic idea to feedback at soundpracticepodcast.com and you'll be entered into a drawing to win one of two of Mike's new book, Tweets, Likes, and Liabilities. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy the read. Well, I hope people do. And, and Tothi, I'd like to also expand this, uh, this, this competition or drawing beyond topic ideas, which we always love from our listeners. Very yep. helpful. And we want to put out their material that people like. But, you know, sometimes I need a little entertainment, especially this time <laughs> of the year. And so we're going to expand this, uh, this offering to, uh, to get in on the drawing to outrageous holiday party stories. And preferably there will be ones that we cannot share with podcast listeners <laughs> that get extra bonus for that. But uh, if you can forward these along, you will definitely be entered into, uh, into the drawing because I value your entertaining stories. Excellent. And the only requirement, Mike, for that would be it's got to be true, right? It's got to so, be true. Now, no I'm fabrication. Not, I'm, you know, I, can't, I can't go out and fact check everything, um, but it, it is to be a true story. Okay. So there are actually three books in play that you could win. Three uh, books in play. Yep. Perfect. All right. That's awesome. So please join us for the next episode. And don't forget, we release a new episode every other Wednesday. Next time on the Sound Practice Podcast. Please join us for a discussion with Dr. Jeffrey Siegel. Dr. Siegel is a board-certified neurosurgeon, attorney, and founder of eMerit, an online patient review rating platform for medical practices. 
we will be talking all things online rating and reviews. Please join us next time on the Sound Practice Podcast. Just in time for the holidays, Green Branch Publishing has released a new book, co-authored by my colleague and favorite co-host, Mike Sakopoulos. Tweets, Likes, and Liabilities is an essential guide for practices that are looking to identify and mitigate areas of digital risk. Mike and co-author Susan Gay address the tricky issues related to practice websites, EHRs, mobile devices, email, and social media. Tweets, Likes, and Liabilities answers questions such as, is our website a source of practice risk? Are generic HIPAA training models enough? And what should we include in our social media policy? Each chapter is packed with practical tips, and the appendix includes tools and templates that will save you time and effort. This holiday season, give yourself or your manager the essential guide to mitigating digital risk. Tweets, likes, and liabilities. Available on Amazon.com. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. You've been listening to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and practice leaders. Check out the show notes for this episode at soundpracticepodcast.com. If you have any suggestions about future episodes, we'd love to hear them. Email us at info at soundpracticepodcast.com. Subscribe to Sound Practice wherever you listen to podcasts. Sound Practice is presented and produced by the team at Green Branch Publishing. For the best in practice management, journals, books, newsletters, and on-demand programming for physicians and practice executives, visit greenbranch.com. That man Robin went from Kapow.